Welcome to this episode of the Completely Cricket Podcast, hosted by me, Avnasha Darson, and Zaid Ahmed. Today, we'll be analysing New Zealand's chances of winning the T20 World Cup 2022, which has started now uh, at the group stages, but New Zealand will be entering at the Super 12s, which will start next week. We'll look at their potential batting order, their bowling attack, then we'll try and work out where we will think they will finish at the World, uh, the Fisher World Cup at. Also, alongside this episode, we're also do- doing another episode about South Africa's chance of winning the World Cup. And we also did an episode uh, about Australia's chance last week. So have a look at uh, uh, those episodes after this episode. They will be linked below. We also have a poll on the Completely Cricket website uh, titled, Who You Think Will Win the World Cup? Please uh, go onto that website and just you know put who you think because it'll be interesting to see what you know our listeners feel in terms of who will win the World Cup. I will share the results of that uh, poll uh, in the next coming weeks. That that poll is on the Complete Cricket Podcast website, and that will be linked below as well. Without further ado, let's get started. So, so let's start with uh, New Zealand. Their batting lineup. Um, Zaid, uh, who's in the batting squad? Yes, yeah, so they've got Captain Kane Williamson. They've got Glenn Phillips, Jimmy Neesham, Joe Mitchell, Martin Garbshill, Devin Conway, Mark Chapman, uh, Michael Bracewell, and Finn Allen. I mean, a pretty, pretty strong batting line out. They've got plenty of options there. Um, it'd be quite interesting to see what they go with. Yeah, straight away for me, um, you know, the, the first name I see in that lineup, uh, sorry, that is just the, when I mean the batting squad, I mean the, the people in the squad who are, you know, primarily batsmen or batting arounders. I see Martin Guptill, you know, someone who's been around for a very long time. I think it's this his seventh T Twenty World Cup. I think it was his. I, I'm I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, he he's been you know opening for New Zealand for a while. His form has been patchy, you know. Even in the 2019 World Cup, wasn't the best. You know, he has scored runs, but not at the level that he had. He's done them before, so. Yeah, what what do you think about Martin Guptill and him opening the batting? Do you think you know when you've got alternatives such as Finn Allen? Do you think Martin Guptill should still open at the World Cup? Well, you've got. I mean, he's got loads of experience, and if I'm just looking, who could open? Obviously, Martin Guptill could open. Uh, Finn Allen could open. Devin Conway could even open. So they've got options. I think Martin Guptill. <laughs> he. He's been a key. He's been a key aspect of New Zealand for a long, long time, and I did. I talked. I said this in the South Africa episode as well. Um, looking at New Zealand, there are some you know the aspects of New Zealand's batting that doesn't have experience. For example, um, Mark Chapman, Michael Bracewell, even Finn Allen. There, there's three. Even Devin Conley, a little bit. You know, some of these players they lack experience. I think Martin Guptill he will provide experience. But it could be that you know, New Zealand just want to, um, every team really, they might just want to go out you know, with their best possible team. And then also considering this is in Australia, uh, New Zealand will be very familiar with these conditions. So it could be an option just to go with the most, you know, the, the strongest team possible, um, not considering experience. Because you've got Williamson with experience, you've got other players with experience. So... I would, I would think that, I mean, I think Gupta will play, but it could be an option to go with, for example, Conway and Allen to open the batting. Um, it is a debatable one, I think. Um, but to, I would think that Gupta will probably still open. Yeah. I think you see they haven't really relied on Gupta's runs as of recently, so then it hasn't been as big of a deal for them. 
But um, yeah, I think with Kane Williamson, obviously, with the, he has bucket loads of experience. Martin Guptill, even players like um, Jimmy Neesham have experience. Glenn Phillips has got a bit of experience. I think in general, these players have all played in like T20 competitions around the world. So I think that's enough, you know, as as um, and I think they're used to these crowds and the atmosphere. So it shouldn't be too bad for them. But I think Kane Williamson as a captain and as a very as, as an amazing batsman, his form is going to be crucial for New Zealand. They need his runs because you know he he provides he provides an anchor role, but he also scores at a, a very quick rate. He scored a you know a brisk fifty nine off thirty eight in the final of the New Zealand Pakistan Bangladesh tri series, um, which recently ended. You know, just underlining you know you know his runs uh, are crucial for New Zealand because they lost that match and he was a you know the main con- contributor to um, New Zealand's uh, batting total. So King Williamson's runs are going to be crucial. How about, you, you mentioned Devin Conway, you know, he, he's, him as an opener, do you think, how does he look as an opener? Would you would you open him? Yeah, I would, I would go with him opening. He provided that left, left-handed option. Um, he, you know, he's been doing pretty well. Um, I, 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 would, I would go with him and then Guptill to open. Um, then Williamson at three. Williamson's a big name. Um, I mean, there's not much to say really. He's a huge name. But with Devin Conway, I would go with him to open. I'm pretty decent. I'm I'm a fan of him. Uh, he he did he's been doing well in the he's been doing pretty well in the IPL. Played for CSK. Um, and I just think he, he's he's a good batsman. I think I would go with him and go up to to open batting for me. Yeah, I think your top three is probably a very solid top three and it's the top three that's probably going to, it's most likely and then after top three you know now you're going to four five six uh glenn phillips uh i think he can keep as well you've got daryl mitchell who can be he's an all-rounder uh then you've got also have someone like mark chapman michael bracewell finn allen what if, if you look at number four you typically want someone who's quite explosive but can save can hold in innings if needed who would you go with your number four out of these, you know, sort of pick options? Well, immediately I'm I have got two names in my mind. I'm thinking Glenn Phillips or Darren Mitchell. Uh, Darren Mitchell being you know, sort of a batting but sort of rounder, and I would go with Glenn Phillips. He he's he's fairly aggressive. He he he's attacking, um, and he can still keep his wicket. So I would go with him at number four, and then Darren Mitchell at number five to add to that top three that you mentioned, you know, pretty solid. So I think Glenn Phillips, he's sort of that player who will, for me, will make sure his wicket, he doesn't give away his wicket. Um, but it'll also make sure that he's, he's you know, getting a move on. He's, he'll be busy at the crease. So I would go to Glenn Phillips for, and then Darren Mitchell at five. Yeah, just looking at, just generally the, the, the options they have in batting, there's no one who's really that top, you know, I'm not going to say Kay Williamson is a world-class player, but like I'm saying at the moment in terms of form, who's doing really, really well. And I don't know, it sort of strikes me as that, that they don't have that like marquee, marquee player that is really good. You know, most teams have someone who can you know, take the game away. And I, like in terms of explosiveness as well, you know, England have Liam Livingston, for example. You know, Glenn Maxwell could be that Australian, but even players like Dave Warner could do it. Uh I just I don't see that in in New Zealand. That's all like spark that can suddenly you know push them from scoring you know going eight and over to go to twelve and over. You know who do you do you feel that's like something that New Zealand lack or do you think that there is someone who could fill that role in? Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that the to be honest, the whole batting lineup, it's like there's lots of potential, plenty of potential, 
but no one's really sort of stands out and like oh that person's gonna be my you know if if I was to make a um eleven best batsmen in the world there's no one really maybe Williamson but apart from that no one really that would really stand out to me and think based on current performance as well as you mentioned I think no one really in this team oh sorry the batting lineup is going to be like um you know he has really currently is in some brilliant form. And it's going to get me runs you know, no matter what. So, yeah, I mean, still, though, I mean, I still think there's plenty of potential. Um, but, yeah, I just don't see, as you mentioned, I just don't see that sort of uh, marquee, as you said, you know, that player that's going to definitely score me runs. So. Yeah, see, I think they have good batters in order to you know, play through a whole World Cup. But I think that, like, you know, there are some times when if you're bowling first, and you get for hit for 180, 190, and even 200, you're going to have to chase that. And I don't think there's anyone there who could allow them to chase that, really. I don't know, Devin Conway, potentially. But I think that, yeah, that's something that we have to consider. I think that that slightly, slightly undermines their batting lineup. But anyway, we've got the top five of, you know, uh, I think Devin Conway, Martin Guptill, Kane Williamson, Glenn Phillips, then Daryl Mitchell. Now you've got sort of six and seven of the next two to consider. So I think your candidates really are Jimmy Neesham, Mark Chapman, Michael Bracewell, and potentially Finn Allen. But I think he, Finn Allen's for me is more of a replacement, you know, for the top order who could, in case anyone doesn't do well, you know, they could just sub him in. So who would you go for your six and seven? Well, I would definitely get Jimmy Neesham in there. Um, then it's a, that, that's number six. So then it's a case of which bowlers I want to choose. Um, we're going to talk about the bowlers in a minute. Um, then perhaps Bracewell, um, he could be sort of an all-rounder option. He maybe Bracewell at seven. I yeah, I agree with you. I think Finn Allen, he would probably be more of a replacement for maybe someone in the top four, top five. Um, I just don't. I mean, he's a great player, but I just don't think there's enough room for him. Um, so I'll definitely go with Jimenezian six for sure. Uh, and then it could possibly Bracewell at seven. Maybe Chapman. Um, I think those two are the only candidates for number seven for me. Yeah, I think that I think Chapman is a Chapman can bowl, but for me would be see Chapman's a batsman. I think Chapman Chapman is a batsman. So you know, I think you could potentially have Chapman at six if you want to do Jimmy Neesham at seven. But I think Jimmy Neesham's more than up to the task uh, at six, and then. Michael Bracewell on form as well. You know, he has, I think he has an economy of some uh, really low, I think it's like, was it five point? Yeah, I think 5.4 was um, uh, Bracewell's economy. Uh, lowest C20I economy as a bowler in 2022. And he could open the bowling as well. So, and as and he's shown he can bat. So he would be a very good seven. So six and seven for me would be Nisham and Bracewell. And then we sort of slightly moved on to the bowling. In terms of the bowling, though, you've got, um, you know, we mentioned Bracewell, who has taken, um, you know, who's had the lowest economy in 2022 in T20I bowling. But looking at the pace bowling, you know, that's all, every team we talked about has had some sort of like trio of pace bowlers. I think for uh, New Zealand, it's Lockie Ferguson, Trent Bolt, Tim Southey. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. You've got Southey, Ferguson with pace uh, bowl. I, I think they're three different bowlers. I mean, this is really with every team these days. They've got three um completely different, well, not completely different, but they've got three different fast bowlers. So provide three different things. You know, you've got 
Trent Bolt left arm. Uh, he'll he can he can get the Yorkers out. He's got he can get that swing back into the right hander. Um, you've got Ferguson with pace, bounce. You know, in the middle overs maybe. Um, he's a good slower ball as well. Southy at the top. You know, maybe a bit of swing. You know, hard. You know, good length. So I think yeah. Again, we talk about as you mentioned, we talk about it a lot. Um, three the the trio, um, Saudi, Ferguson, and Bolt. Yeah, that those those be three names that are going in to the team straight away. Yeah, for me, I think looking at that top three, it's a very good top three. But the weak link for me would, I think, be Lockie Ferguson. I just don't think he's a very good bowler, and you've seen you know for me the highlight of his performances is that slow ball. Yorker to um Joss Butler in the IPL uh, most recently in in twenty twenty two IPL, but he's not he's not got enough control for me in terms of the. I feel like he's sort of like an Enric Dorkia where he bowls fast and can take wickets but go for a load of runs. Whereas you know if we look at other fast bowlers like you know Mark Wood, he does a similar thing, but Mark Wood doesn't always doesn't really go for a lot of runs. And similar Mitchell starts Pat Cummings. I think that Lockie Ferguson is very explosive as a pace bowler, but can go for a load of runs. So you need some like counterbalance to him. So if you were to look, if I were to think of a weak link in that, that's what Lockie Ferguson would look look like a weak link to me in those in that three. But he's still a very good bowler. Would you? Would you? What would you? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. Um, he, I mean, I think you could afford to have Ferguson in the team. You even if he does go for some runs, you've got. To balance it out, you've got Bolt, you've got Saudi, and you've got a spinner, maybe. Um, I mean, we're at, we're at seven at this point. Uh, for me, eight, nine, ten. No, well, well, well um, three of those last four, um, Saudi, Ferguson, Bolt. And then it's a case of mm, maybe Mitch Santner as a spinner. Yeah, I mean, you talk about with South Africa uh, and... Australia, you know, one spinner seems like the way to go. Um, I mean, you could go with two, but you might have one main spinner and then one, um, one sort of, uh, maybe all rounder sort of spinner. Would you agree with that? Yeah, because if you're gonna put Bracewell at seven, you've got a, a a spinning option already. Who who has opened the bowling and can bat? Then you've got that free spot really because if you've got, if you take out that sort of like eight spot, Mitch Sandler can bat, and he he's a left arm offy. Uh, then you've also got if you want to have another pace bowler because you've already got spin Adam Milne, you know has done well uh, in England as well before. Uh, then you have got Ish Sodi as another spinner, so you've got two spin spin options and a, and a, and the pace. I I think that for Australia because so you got Bracewell and. That's the thing with New Zealand. They have so many all-rounders. You know, Bracewell's an all-rounder, a bowling all-rounder. Jimmy Neesham's... It's, Jimmy Neesham's, a, I think, a batting all-rounder. Daryl Mitchell is a batting all-rounder. I, I don't know. I think that you've got so many bowling options already. You could actually, theoretically... I would actually put Bracewell at eight and go with another batsman up top just to strengthen the batting order. Because I think you have enough with Nisham. Nisham could easily bowl two, three overs. Mitchell, Mitchell won't really bowl in the T Twenty World Cup. I don't think so. But I think I, I don't know. I think that eight could be potentially Bracewell. Seven could be someone like Chapman or Allen. And then you've got nine, ten, eleven as the three paces. What do you feel about that? You know, adding an extra batsman in because you know you have all rounders who can do the job. Yeah, that's a very fair point. I think if we just brainstorm the bowling options they have, you've got Nisham, uh, Bracewell. Then you've got the three paces, that's what five. 
um, then I mean you've got other options if you need it. Um, you could fit in another batsman. Um, yeah, they've got lots of all rounders. If you were to go with Bracewell at seven, then the last four you've got the three paces. Mm, then you could go. I mean, I was gonna say Mitch Shatner, but then what's the point if you've got already two spinners? Maybe not. So yeah, I, I think maybe go with Bracewell at eight and then have another batsman at seven or six even. Maybe push Nisham down to seven and have another batsman at six, maybe Chapman or Allen. Um, and then you've got the three paces to fill in the last three. So I think that's a pretty fair point. Yeah, as long as you've got enough bowling, bowling options, like five bowling options really, to each to bowl four. You know, three paces, Anisha maybe bowls four, uh, and then the spinner bowls four. That should be enough. I honestly, um, yeah, I think that New Zealand's batting is is the area where I'd put concern on. So I would put, I think it's better to you know beef up their batting and put another batsman in. So I think there's 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 options with these all round with all rounders. There's there's two ways of looking about it. You can get in more bowlers, you know, you know, have more variety in terms of your bowling attack and potentially a longer batting attack. But also because you have more all rounders start coming at six, seven, even five. That could actually mean you have a longer tail, you know, because these all-rounders you know, could easily get out quickly. You know, all-rounders, the, re the reason that all-rounders are pretty decent at batting and pretty decent at bowling, their speciality isn't batting. So you could easily start getting a longer tail. And therefore, once a team, especially a high-quality team, takes five wickets, and then you're into the tail already, and then the tail will crumble. So there's there's a flip side, really. But last, lastly, I think looking at, you know, New Zealand's chances of winning, you know, Zaid, where, where do you think reasonably looking at the squad, where would you place them in terms of do you think they're going to uh, uh, win in their group or come second and then qualify for the semis, or do you think they might, or do you think they'll go through to final and win? Where do you feel? I don't. Well, I mean, they've got a strong team. Um, I agree with you. Their batting seems to be a little bit of a weakness. Looking at other teams in the group, they've got Afghanistan, Australia, England, and then they'll have, they'll have two uh, group stage teams. To be honest, I think it's just between Australia, England and New Zealand. Who's going to qualify? For me, Australia is one of them. Then it's a case of who's going to qualify England, New Zealand, England or New Zealand. Um, I think New Zealand have a competitive chance of qualifying. But I feel England might just squeeze through. Um, just because New Zealand just lack that sort of X factor in their batting lineup that will you know really push them to big scores. And as mentioned, as you mentioned earlier, you know if they if they need to chase down a big score, maybe 180, 200, then they don't. Who's going to do it? They don't see. I don't see uh, any big names in there that's going to do it for them. Um, so I would think New Zealand either are going to some if they do beat England, then they'll qualify. But if they lose to me, I think I to be honest, I think it's based on that game between England and New Zealand. Who's going to qualify for me? Yeah. <clears throat> See, it's tough because there's three of the top four, three of the three of the semi-finalists in one group. One is in the other group, and they're three big teams who can knock any team out on, on a good day. And I think you're right in terms of the firepower issue, but I think Australia and England might, yeah, might qualify. It, it would seem a bit of a disaster if New Zealand didn't qualify, but it won't be. I, I don't think it will be because they play badly. It's more as if just fine margins in a way. Maybe something like net run rate might come in or something. So it's going to be tough. You, someone's going to be disappointed out of those three, right? Someone's one of the three is not going to qualify, and it might be Australia, it might be England, New Zealand. But I think in Australian home conditions, and uh, are going to be doing well, and New Zealand as well. You know, uh, 
I don't know, New Zealand, New Zealand came to the final last year. I think they won't. I, I think it's likely they won't qualify. Uh, and it's going to be tough, but I think they they've got a good team. But I uh, like if I would compare it to South Africa, I, I as a as a team, I think I'd be more confident with uh, you know betting on South Africa to win or to get to semi-finals than I would New Zealand, partially due to the group and partially due to the South Africa's explosive you know players that they have. But yeah, I think it's an interesting debate to be had, and I think New Zealand can easily go through to the finals, but it's it's going to be a tough journey at the start because they've got to qualify out of their group. So. Um. Yeah, I think that that's that's really the conclusion. But yeah, that it's it's interesting. But anyway, I think that sort of brings us to the end of this episode. And you know, New Zealand. What we've concluded is New Zealand have a chance, but they've got to get out their group first, and that's going to be really tough. It's going to be tough for Australia and England as well. But it's going to be really tough for New Zealand because they sort of lack that firepower that England have and Australia have. But yeah. Um, that's it for this episode, as I said. And thank you, Zane, for recording. And we'll see you in the next one.